We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is feeling the pregnancy blues. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We're just here to offer our humble musings. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? (laughs) You're just like, really? So slow. Yeah, we can't even read our own scripts right. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musing to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Perfect. Also, we don't read our own scripts, friends. We gave up on that. It might be easier for us to actually (laughs) read from them, but we just rely on the... I read from them in my brain. Yeah. (laughs) what that is? I go in my brain and I pull up the Google Doc (laughs) and I'm like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. If you're tuning in this week, you are in luck because Sam and I are in capital M moods. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are feeling... Spicy. That's a good word for it. Yeah. All right. We're going to get directly into our letter today. Our letter comes from not so yummy mummy to be, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from hormonal hell, which (laughs) I don't know if you feel like you can relate, Sierra, but (laughs) I own a condominium there. (laughs) (laughs) A timeshare you just go and visit sometimes. Yeah. No, I just live there. (laughs) I appreciate the, uh, the, 
summary question that mummy leads with, which is, am I actually unhappy or is it just a a baby brain? Dear Sam and Sierra, from all my heart, thank you so much for your podcast. I've been a fan for years, but lately listening to you guys has sometimes been the only light on a dark winter's day and your voices give me so much comfort. As for me, I'm in a serious long-term relationship with my boyfriend and I'm pregnant. Yay. Just to be clear, this baby has been very much wanted and is so loved already. I'm beyond grateful for this miracle. However, for several months now, I haven't felt particularly happy. I'm still excited about the baby. I just feel so, so lonely and somehow unappreciated in my relationship. I haven't really brought this up with my BF yet because I can't find the words. And more importantly, I'm not sure these feelings are actually valid and justified or if I'm just dramatic because I definitely am sometimes. Pregnancy hormones have been hitting hard. I cry so much and really about stupid shit. Like when I forgot my towel for the gym, I was upset for the whole day and it all felt very serious, even though it's like nothing. And I get angry too. This is not only exhausting, it also makes me question myself. I don't trust my own feelings anymore and I don't want to blame my BF when my judgment might be clouded. Before I got pregnant, our relationship was 10 out of 10. Of course, it wasn't always just sunshine and rainbows, but I felt happy every day. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have started a family. I trusted him completely and we were still super passionate. Like we would set our alarms at 5 a.m. so that we would have morning sex. Time out. And we both took... We need to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's talk about it. Pause. (laughs) I am... Listen, as a new parent who is sleep deprived, but also like... You know, you do have to like schedule every fucking thing. That is the sexiest alarm clock I've ever heard of in my entire life. Because also, I mean, I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself here, but like at the end of the day, when I have traditionally thought we should be having sex, I'm like so tired and my hormones aren't there. Like, I don't know if anybody Mm. else experiences this, but like. Man, why am I oversharing on a Wednesday? But uh, get horny like, I, in the morning. <laughs> I feel more like jungly, you know, like ready to go. <laughs> yeah, ready to um, go. <laughs> I say jungly because that refers to like, um, like rainforesty. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, like moist. <laughs> <laughs> in a mood, I told you, I warned you guys. That was the humid. It's getting yeah, humid there in there. Humid. There we go. <laughs> So I'm sure there's some doctor listening to us being like, oh, my God, why am I listening to this show? But also being like, well, that <laughs> correlates with a hormonal rise with your temperature and uh-huh. the day or something. You know. Anyway, so at nighttime, sure. I'm like, yeah, OK, cool. But, man, you catch me first thing in the morning. OK, I've overshared. Let's continue this. I'm, I'm with you. I I'm like, like morning sex, too. I don't like morning sex at 5 a.m., though, because yeah. like, I am not a pleasant person to be around at 5 a.m., but. I love that for you too, and I I'm glad that it was working. Sounds like it's maybe not working as well, well right now, but that's well. Right. It just makes sense that like 5 a.m. is like when some things can only happen at that time. You know, like I can only have a peace and quiet at 5 a.m. <laughs> Let me ruin it by having Very sex. <laughs> anyway, you just like want to be sleeping at 5 yes, a.m. Totally. Uh, all right. Getting back to the letter. Uh, So they're waking up at 5 a.m. to have sex. And we both took care to spend some time apart, too, and hang out with our separate friend groups. So it all felt very well balanced to me. Now our whole dynamic has changed and I always seem to get the short end of the stick. 
We and most of my friends used to share the same lifestyle that doesn't really work for pregnancy. There were lots of glamorous parties, exotic restaurants, and fun adventures like theme and water parks. There hasn't really been a replacement, though. All I seem to do nowadays is have cozy nights in with Netflix and pizza. At first, I didn't mind because I was so nauseous and tired all the time, but now I'm getting bored with it. My friends still do all those things that I mentioned without me. Of course, I don't expect them to miss out on all the fun just because I'm pregnant. So whenever they feel like movie or game night, I'm here, which is maybe twice a month while we just used to meet twice a week before. None of them have kids, so they aren't particularly interested in my pregnancy either. By now, I don't get invited when we hang out, even if it's not drinking. So this has left a huge gap in my life, which I just can't fill with yoga, books, or the other stuff I'm still able to do. I found some other girls in my area who are also pregnant, but they aren't my friends yet. Naturally, my BF still spends time with his friends, and he absolutely should do that. But whenever he leaves me for another night by myself, I just get so sad. The thing is, we hardly have proper dates anymore. When he's not out, he's content to just sit on the couch with me and have an early night. I've hardly seen him in anything but sweatpants lately. And how can I complain about that when none of my clothes fit me anymore and I'm wearing maternity leggings most of the time? So how can I expect him to dress nice for me when I'm no better? When I suggest that we go out, he's always like, and do what? You can't do anything. Which is true. I can't do any of the stuff we used to do like wineries or sushi. And the pregnancy-friendly activities, I suggest, he doesn't enjoy. So I basically feel like he doesn't make an effort and is taking me for granted. I don't care about presents and stuff. It's more about the gestures. He usually gets me something like a weekend trip or a cool activity for Christmas. And we don't do gifts on Valentine's Day, but but he always invites me for a nice dinner. This year, absolutely nothing. I haven't told him how I feel about this because he's going to ask me what he should do instead, and I wouldn't know what to say. I don't want to force him to go to the Indian restaurant I'm craving because he hates Indian food and I want both of us to have a good time. I don't want him to go for a romantic walk with me because it's freezing outside. To be fair, he is also doing some nice stuff. He asks me how I'm doing several times a day. He tells me I look beautiful with my growing belly. He cuddles me and kisses me. So he is still showing me his appreciation and he probably can't think of a better way to do this right now, but I still feel neglected. We also have much less sex, and it's not because I'm tired. We can't do all the stuff we used to, and I guess it's a bit boring for him. There are also less opportunities because instead of morning sex, he now starts work a little earlier. Even though he keeps telling me that he's more attracted to me than ever, I feel hurt and less desired. The other thing is he takes zero interest in my pregnancy. I heard most men are like that and I know it will change once the baby is here, but it adds to the feeling of loneliness. Like I said, my friends are not interested either. And when I talk to him about stuff that's going on in my body and my mind, I can tell that he's bored. It's just, it's different when I'm in pain, of course. When he felt the baby kick for the first time, I hardly got a reaction from him. I just went to the bathroom because this literally made me cry and I didn't want him to see because as I said, I'm crying all the time and it's not helping the mood. I've had to do most of the baby prep stuff by myself so far because he gets super annoyed when I want to pick out stuff for the nursery, etc. He tells me he to just get whatever I want. When I give him a specific task, he does it right away, but it's always me who has to research and decide what tasks need to be done in the first place. As a first-time mom, this feels very overwhelming to me. Sometimes, and I know how horrible this sounds, it literally feels like he tricked me into having a baby, and now I have to bear the consequences and responsibility of it by myself. I 
I'm sure that lots of people relate to that sentence. I don't think it sounds that bad, honestly. <laughs> of course, I also wanted this baby, but he was ready years before me and always told me how badly he wanted this. So I expected some more enthusiasm when it finally happened. Again, it's not all bad. It's also hard to paint a fair picture in this letter because I can only tell my side of the story and I'm very emotional. So here are some things that he does do. He's doing everything he can to make sure I can keep my career as a mother. We moved to buy we moved to a new baby-friendly apartment. He did most of that by himself. He comes to every doctor's appointment. He buys all the food I'm craving. He gives me lots of compliments. Also, I guess I'm not the easiest girlfriend nowadays. I have these terrible mood swings. I'm clingy. And the worst part is whenever I feel hurt by his behavior, I tend to give him the cold shoulder and pout. I could probably have an open conversation instead, but one, I know I'm going to cry. Two, I don't know what I want. How can I ask him to change his behavior when I can't give him an example of how I expect him to act instead? Three, maybe I'm just hormonal and overreacting. To sum it up, I feel like I need my BF so much right now and he's giving me less than ever. But how can I trust my feelings on this? Thank you so much if you decide to answer this. I love you guys. Oh, we love you so much. Thank you for trusting us with this letter, for writing in. Um, I am super grateful to answer it. Um, first off, like congrats on um, this wanted and exciting pregnancy. Um, you are experiencing the beginning of this fucking wild transition that's going to rock your world in every which way. Um, and it's like exciting and it's terrifying and it's grief filled and it is isolating. And it's also like everybody wants to touch you instead of including like strangers. Um, well, sure. On top of that, there's like this uh, hormonal smorgasbord that's going on inside you. That's just, um, making everything 3000 times harder. So I definitely relate. I know um, you're dealing with a lot right now and I'm super excited to dive into it. First, we're going to have a quick break and then we'll get into it. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. 
Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q U I N C E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Uh, Welcome back. So, Want to just say to you, yummy mummy, uh, reiterate everything that Sierra said about how challenging and exciting this time in your life is. And I just want to say that uh, a lot of the things that you talked about in your letter don't feel irrational to me as somebody who is not currently in this moment flooded with pregnancy hormones. There's a lot in it that sounds really frustrating and a lot of places where it sounds like your partner could be doing something different to, to help if not sort of meet your every need, at least, you know, do a little bit more flexing and bending in a time when your whole life and your whole body has been thrown into a different way of being and existing. So want to just like start with that to make sure that we're with that. We're doing the work to say, you're not being crazy, right? You're not being a crazy pregnant lady. You are, you are expressing some very legitimate concerns and feelings about how your relationship is shifting because of this big transition that you both are going through. Yes. And I'm going to start out with a little rant about pregnancy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) pregnancy is hard. It is so hard and Oh, it is- what? Really? It's not like the best time of life. You're not like glowing all the time and it just like so, so excited about being a parent. This is, this is, this is my least favorite thing about pregnancy other than puking every day for eight weeks straight. Um, <laughs> sure. No exaggeration on that one. Just yeah, I so, believe I was, just for I was the folks, present for parts of it. <laughs> just for the folks keeping track at home. Um, uh, it is so romanticized and 
my, my least favorite part of pregnancy was like, people would be like, so how you feeling? And then I'd be like, oh man, I'm so uncomfortable. I can't sleep. I wake myself up because of the acid reflux vomit in my mouth in the middle of the night. You know, I'm doing, I'm, you know, I've got this rash, I've got this, and nobody wants to hear that. They want to see you're like, oh, good. You know, like (laughs) I I would be like, I'd be like, oh man, I'm really hard. Uh, or this is really hard. I'm feeling really gross. <laughs> Sexual. Sam made a face at that one. <laughs> anyway. Really hard. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, um, I, it, it's, it's uh, moist. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's humid. It's rainforesty. <laughs> anyway. Um, which is also true in pregnancy. Let me tell you. Um <laughs> Everything's changing. Anyway, so nobody would want to hear how it actually is. And I feel like this is just my own little gander, but I feel like pregnancy is romanticized in our culture as a way to further dehumanize and disempower and delegitimize delegitimize the experiences of people who can have babies. Because if we're cute Mm. and angelic and glowing and, and fragile, we are not these entities that go through intense physical changes and labor to create life um, and pain, Literally. you know, like um, another thing that was really frustrating is that I had like a really traumatizing birth experience. And all I heard was like, Oh, well it was all for this good cause or it's all for this, you it's know, like that's all I heard from my family members, you know, and I had to finally unpack it with a post, you know, a birth, trauma specialist therapist who told me like it can be all of those things at once again our culture's inability to to hold nuance and to have more than one thing be a true at the same time like yes would i do that all over again to get my daughter here earthside safely yes and also it was horrible and traumatic and i would have it done any other way if i could you know for sure absolutely and it's also like there's this the trope of like the crazy pregnant person too, right? Like, oh, right. you're just being hormonal, right? Like you, the thing that you're concerned about isn't, oh, you're crying again. Okay. Must be the hormones, right? Where it's like, we totally discredit pregnant people's experiences because we're like, oh, your body's just filled with hormones. And it's like, yes, absolutely. Their bodies are filled with hormones, which means that yeah. like all of their emotions are heightened yes. and it doesn't mean they're crazy. It means that they're like paying a lot of attention to things that are like upsetting them in yes, this moment. Totally. And what we can be doing instead of being like, Oh, you're just going, you're just hormonal is instead be like, okay, well, what, what might be helpful in yes, this moment? Totally. Right? Like, as opposed to like, you're crazy, shut up. It'd be like, Oh, it must be really hard to be feeling this intensely all the time. How can I help? <laughs> and the, and the, and the physical toll of it too, like it demis the way we have angelicized. Um, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm just going to use it. <laughs> Pregnant it. women. It's great. Um, you know, and everything's like flowery and, you know, like cute little, like all maternity dresses are like little house on the prairie. You know what I mean? It dismisses, <laughs> which I loved and wore, <laughs> but it dismisses sure. what pregnancy really takes. And, um, you know, for every cute little fucking flowery baby shit that you get thrown at there, there is, you know, I there is real physical pain and emotional labor and, and it to our letter writer, this is just all to say this time is, is think of this time as a great 
transition. And with all mm-hmm. transitions comes pain and growing pains and discomfort and 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 loss and grief. And with all transitions comes like a um what it, what is it in stores where they take stock of everything? An inventory. There we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> with all transitions comes an inventory of your life. Like what's going on? Um, and what do I need more of? What do I need less of? Like um, your life is going to look different like this. And I don't say that to, to like trivialize what you brought up. This is this is really complicated and really nuanced. Um but the little things you shared about like not being able to go on the same type of dates or socialize in the same way or people not being interested in your pregnancy or like feeling friends pull away, like that is all so real and so relatable. I just want you to know that you're not alone in that. You're not being oversensitive about it and like get ready for more of that. And I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean that in a depressing way. You know, I don't, I, I'm just trying to be realistic that like, with child, with having a, ch- a baby, um, or or having you know bringing a bringing a, a child into your family in whatever way that looks like, um, comes a lot of grief because I mm-hmm. described it as like my whole mode of being in my relationship, in my life, in my work, in my friendships, the whole way I was interacting with my life up until I had the baby was was no longer functional. I couldn't, I can't act the same. <laughs> I'm not the same. I, I can't apply the same tools. I can't apply the same strategies. I can't, I don't have the same routines. And so I had to, I have to remake my whole mode of being. And obviously that might like um, come back a little bit. It already has, like I get little parts of myself or my old self back or or in different ways. And I'm sure that will change when she's not so quite so dependent on us. But I'm just trying to say this all in the most honest, blunt and empowering way that I can, because I feel like, again, we romanticize pregnancy so much um, that we don't give the folks having the babies or bringing children into their lives enough credit for how much grief and emotional processing you have to do for who you were before this happened. Does that make sense? For sure. No, um, absolutely. I mean, this is like a, this is like one of the biggest changes that I yes. can think of that is so incredibly disruptive to the way that things used to be because yes. it, it changes everything. It changes your relationship. It changes your social life. It changes your work life. It changes Mm -hmm. your body, right? It's like everything about your entire life is changing in this moment. And I think Sierra's right that like, we're like, oh, but it's happening for a really good reason. And it's like, sure, absolutely. And I know you're excited about your baby, but it also fucking sucks that your friends aren't the same or aren't behaving the same way around you that they were. It fucking sucks that you can't have sex in the same way that you wanted to. It fucking sucks. You can't sleep the same way, right? Like, you can hold both of those things at the same time and you're not being irrational by mourning these things that are no longer available to you, right? You're not being a crazy pregnant lady because your friends are pulling away from you, right? You're not being a crazy lady or pregnant lady because like you don't want people to be touching you anymore or your partner's not interested in the baby kicking, right? Like all of that stuff is like so understandable. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean that you're like being a bad person pregnant person. And it doesn't mean that you are being crazy. It just means that like all, 
this is an unimaginable amount of change that you're going through in this moment. And the idea that you could somehow manage it in a way where you're not crying or angry or mourning is impossible. Like that's not a possibility. So I want to say exactly what Sierra said, which is like, all of this makes a hundred percent sense to me. Of course you're feeling all of these different ways. And of course your partner is showing up in ways that are really helpful and supportive. And that's great. And of course he's showing up in ways that aren't helpful and supportive because also this is his first time having a pregnant partner, right? This is the first time he's experiencing this massive change. Of course, this change is like much more massive for you as the person who's carrying this baby. But like his cha- his life is also undergoing yes. changes in this moment. And of course, he's going to be bad at it because we're always bad at things that we're doing for the first time. That is a <laughs> <We're> great like- <laughs> point, Sam. And I want to jump on that because I talked to my spouse a little bit before recording about this letter because I knew she would connect to a couple things in it. Um, and, you know, just so you know, Willow is among the other thousands of people listening to this nodding their head like yes this is all really real um willow said something that i really appreciated though because she said um you know there there are of course ways that he could probably support you more there are ways that you are interpreting his support in one way or another but she ultimately said it's impossible for him to be as present and excited and in these feelings as you are it is you will the the in child rearing situations where there is a birth parent and two partners like the the non-carrier partner will always be removed a little you know and there's grief in that for them as well like i know a couple non-carrier parents that are new that are that are dealing with what does it mean to be a new parent that you didn't bring into you know you didn't carry or whatever um and it's just i say that not to delegitimize your feelings because it's a yes and it's your feelings are valid you have a ton of emotion or hormones going on and your feelings are still val- valid and He's never going to react the same way you do. Um, I want to share something personal and I almost like don't even want to share this because just because it's like personal to my relationship, but it is inconsequential. But I just want to share it because it's so similar. I remember Willow couldn't have wanted our daughter more. Willow was really supportive, really excited, but I remember her I remember feeling disappointed when she wouldn't react to a certain things that I was excited about, just mm-hmm. like you, like the kicks, you know what I mean? She loved feeling temple kick in me, but she wouldn't react. I mean, like feeling your baby kick inside you is just such a surreal, personal fucking mind fuck that I don't think anybody else could ever imagine it. Do you know what I mean? Like she was like, Oh, cute. And I was like, don't you understand? There's a life moving inside me. Isn't this the most amazing romantic heart, you know, bittersweet, beautiful thing you've ever imagined. And she was like, Oh yeah. And I was, you know, and then I would do the thing that you're talking about where I would go cry in the bathroom because, because I felt like pregnancy is also this thing where you feel No one is ever more interested in a pregnant woman, but no one ever wants to know what a pregnant woman is actually thinking. (laughs) Like everybody wants to like, you know, buy you things and um, ask you, you know, touch your belly or whatever. Um, You know, our family was so lovely and supportive and they, and they really wanted to celebrate our pregnancy, but nobody wanted to hear me vomiting every morning. I mean, you know, nobody wanted to, to, (laughs) 
to look at my swollen feet or, or hear about how I haven't been able to sit on the couch or in the chair comfortably for four months or whatever. I, uh-huh. I probably am getting into the whining territory here, but I just, a, a huge thing I had to deal with in being pregnant and, and, and childbirth was like how fucking hard it was and how I have been told my whole life that it is the most like beautiful quote feminine, you know, like not fragile, but like this, this elegant thing, you know, even thinking Mm -hmm. about like how Instagram like paints pregnancy announcements and, you know, beautiful twinkling piano music when I'm over here, like (laughs) I can't (sighs) breathe. Yes. Like it is, it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever physically done. And my whole life, it had been painted to me as something more delicate than that. And that dissonance was like really frustrating to me when I was pregnant mm-hmm. and, and with an early newborn. Um, okay. Getting a little bit more on track, <laughs> going back to your relationship and to like what Willow said, um, your relationship will and is constantly changing. It will look different, especially in those first few months. Um, it will, your relationship will be required to adapt to extreme circumstances and therefore it is impossible for it to stay the same. So if you can immediately start grieving that in a healthy way, right? Mourn the beautiful relationship you had before and be like, of course, my relationship is changing. Of course, of course Mm -hmm. it is. It's adapting Mm -hmm. so that it can survive. It's evolving Mm -hmm. because it's having a lot of more, it has a lot more stress and logistics And it's also probably deepening because you have this intensely stressful, intimate, beautiful, life-altering thing happening to you and your relationship. Like I, Willow and I, we feel more in love and we feel more stressed and we feel more partnered and we feel we miss each other at the end of the day because like you can't spend time together in the same way. So we literally Mm -hmm. crawl into bed after we spent the whole day together and say like, Oh, I missed you. You know what I mean? Um, well, it, it all, and also like, whoo, that's a lot of work, <laughs> you know, like again, <laughs> no, that's so cute. Though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just want to say that to you. I know I'm like ranting a lot, but like, I was so grateful for this letter to get some of this out into the world out of my brain. Um, I want to say one more thing about your boyfriend. Like, um, you, all of your feelings are valid. It doesn't matter if they're triggered by hormones. And also we know that our hormonal shifts make us more susceptible to mm-hmm. spikes of feelings like anxiety, fear, loneliness, right? That doesn't mean you can't say to your boyfriend, I'm feeling really insecure right now. Man, these hormones are making me feel crazy. Time out for a second. Buckle up for post, uh, <laughs> postnatal hormones. Postpartum. Jesus yeah. uh-huh. Christ. <laughs> I, that I did not see that coming. Um, but I've gotten into the rhythm of saying to Willow, like, um, because of the weaning hormones I'm experiencing now, like, Hey, just a heads up. I'm feeling really sensitive today. So if I say something that comes off wrong, I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm just dealing with a lot right now. I'm dealing with a lot in my body that is outside of my intellectual brain. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can say to him, like, I need a little bit more patience now. I need a little bit more of affection. I need a little bit more reassurance right now. Cause I'm just feeling like, you know, clunky is how I felt. 
<laughs> and sensitive sure. and isolated. And I also want to point out all the things that you said to us that your boyfriend is doing. You know, he's telling you he's so attracted to you right now. He's telling you that he mm -hmm. loves you and he's excited. He's telling you that he wants to help you. So I just want to make sure that those hormonal gatekeepers in our minds aren't like anxiety and fear and sensitivity aren't misconstruing or like um, uh, right sizing incorrectly, or I would say wrong sizing <laughs> 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 the things that he is doing for you. Because to me, those are bids to you for your trust and your affection saying, you know, like those are bids towards right. you and you mm -hmm. could respond to them say, yes, I need more of this. Right. And you better fucking go get that Indian food. You, it oh, does absolutely. not matter go for food. if he no. doesn't like it. Get takeout, you know, learn a new way to get dates, to have dates. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You are literally carrying <laughs> your baby. He can like stomach some Indian food. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> Just get the naan. It's bread, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. No. And I think that Sierra is absolutely right in that. And I also like, I think it might be helpful for you to do exactly what Sierra said, to talk about some of the feelings that you're experiencing, if not like pointing to the things that are triggering them and being like, you're doing something wrong, but instead being like, ah, this is how I'm receiving this, right? Yeah. Like this is what my, my hormone flooded brain is telling me. And I just like, I want to cry about it. And I just like want to share this with you, right? Not that you're doing anything wrong or could be doing anything different. He could be doing some things different. Like you can still go on dates. Like you're not <laughs> like, you're you not can a still leper. like eat pizza. <laughs> like you can't like understand yeah. you can't eat sushi sushi or drink, but well, like you can still like have you can eat sushi. So like yeah. <laughs> that is a big misnomer in pregnancy. You should check out Emily Oster. She's a phenomenal resource on Instagram. She wrote a book go. called Better Expecting Better, and it's all about analyzing the actual research and data on pregnant people and the limitations of it and seeing like what you can, you know, like People in like Japan eat raw sushi all the time when they're pregnant. Um, anyway, there are, everybody can do their own research and make their own decisions. Um, but Emily Astor is a great, I honestly didn't eat sushi in my pregnancy, but I know plenty of women who did. Well, there sorry, you go. You, that can, go is, that is you, can, you can go eat sorry. sushi. <laughs> Emily Astor, but you could also if that's like... her, or like Prof Emily Astor or something on Instagram, definitely check her out. Continue. Sorry. No. <laughs> Yes. So you can eat sushi and, but you could also like go to a movie, right? Like you could go to a soccer game, right? There's like a bunch of things that you can still do, even though you, the things that you may have done on date nights previously aren't as available to you. And like, you can still be having sex, even if that sex is boring, right? Like these are all things that like, yeah, I understand I, that you're. Yes. And I want to point out that like you, you're, I, I'm might be misreading this, but I think your sensitivity your fears are assuming that he's bored, right? Has he ever said right. that? Absolutely. That's absolutely true as well. Like I want to point out that you're assuming that he's bored or unhappy. I mean, the, the comments about like, we can't do anything fun. Like that was a dick comment. And if I were his partner, I would have that? slapped him. Oh, I thought, <laughs> yeah, I, thought like, I thought she said that. Like saying. No, it says when I suggest he goes out or we go out, he's always like, and do what you can't do anything, which like, Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. I know that sucks. I thought that was about the sex comment. Yeah, okay. Never mind. Oh no. But the rest of it is like, yeah, you're, you're sort of assuming that he's bored, which makes also, sense. Like, right? Buckle up, like, buddy. 
Tell me about what you, <laughs> what are you going to do in a couple months, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to McDonald's. Um, yeah. And so I, I do want to sort of just like push back on this and, and just say that, like, I think having some more conversation around this, even if you cry, even if it is hormone driven, even if the, you don't have a particular answer to this may make you feel a little bit less alone and to benefit him might offer him some different ways of thinking or being that could be helpful in his quest to support you, right? Because that's what it sounds like he's trying to do. He's trying to be a supportive boyfriend, a supportive uh, future parent, and he's getting things wrong, right? Because obviously he would, because this is the first time he's done this before. So I just, I, what I feel from your letter is this like idea that you have to like close off because you're afraid that like the damaged hormonal mm -hmm. part of you is going to like come flooding out and like hurt everyone around you. And I just want to say like, I, I think that some of that can come out and you can express some of the ways that you're feeling about things in a way that can, that isn't necessarily like, oh my God, you're such a horrible partner, but instead like, oh my God, this process is so hard. It is so challenging. And yeah. I'm looking for us to try some different ways to navigate through this in a way that's going to be supportive of me, recognizing that I'm not going to be able to get every need met because I don't even know what those needs are in this moment. Right. But I do want you to talk to him and I do want you to cry about it because like, it's okay. It's okay that you're crying. It's okay that you're hormone flooded because that's what your body is doing. Yeah. So have a conversation with him, talk to him about how you're feeling. And my hope and what I guess from how he's acting so far is that he'll respond in a way that is the best that he can. And you'll learn something about how to move forward from those conversations regardless. Yeah. And sorry, I interrupted you with Emily Oster like 80 times. <laughs> She's like a great resource. Um, I also want to say one thing that like, I wish I had started, I wish, you know, you do all these thoughts about the, what type of crib to get and you know, where, what are you going to feed them and how are you going to do sleep cycles and how are you going to decorate the room or whatever? I wish somebody had talked to me um, or told me to think a little bit more about how are we actively dividing up the mental load of parenting? Um, it sounds like you're doing it a little bit already um, in that you're already internalizing all of that load without feeling comfortable saying you need to help me make these decisions or you need to make mm -hmm. these decisions and I'll make these decisions. Um that is a really stressful point in the transition to parenting because it's never been put on your relationship in this way before. Um, and, and it's going to start like overnight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you go from like zero to 180 and all of a sudden you have this little thing to care for. Um, for sure. And uh, I know that historically um, people, uh, women, people who carry the baby um, are, who they do the majority of that parental decision-making, the mental load of parenting. Um, and that's just based off of studies on parents. Um, and something that you can do to practice that, uh, practice pushing against that is recognize when you are gatekeeping the ability to make, uh, gatekeeping those decisions, you know, I think we often go into like autopilot of like, okay, well, we got to get a car seat. I'll figure out what type of car seat it is. And then our anxiety takes over when we do delegate those decisions to other people. Then we're like, oh, did you, well, did you look into this? Did you look into this? Did you put the diaper rash on, uh, stuck cream on, or did you just say that you did? Did you do it right? Did you put it in the right place? You know, like there, are, man, oh God. 
nightmare. Well, it just, it, it becomes like, you know, think about like when Sasha came into this house, like you had s- rules, Sasha, the cat, <laughs> you, yeah. had, you had, you <laughs> had, a system, baby. <laughs> you had a system set up for how you wanted to acclimate him into this world and you needed to sure. communicate it to Peter and you guys needed to make decisions around that times that by like 40,000 in the first week of having a newborn. Um, and there's just a lot of points for conflict. If you're not already practiced in a delegating and B fully letting go of the reins and trusting your partner, trusting that your baby is going to be okay being patient and steadfast, knowing that all of this is temporary in that delegation, right? And that's the last thing I'll say. Parenthood reminds you like un, like no, nothing else that everything is just a moment. Everything is temporary. Every phase they go through, every every fight you go through with your partner, every rough transition you have to learn a new behavior, it's just a moment. Everything is so temporary. I cannot believe that my baby is going to be one in a month. Like, I cannot believe how fast it has gone. And all of this tension that you're feeling right now, this conflict, this loneliness, this isolation, it's going to get harder. It's going to get easier. It's going to get more rewarding. It's going to get sleepier. You know, like, get, <laughs> you're on the, the fucking ride of your life right now. Um, and I am here with you. Sam is here with you. Um, and it's going to go by in just a moment. Um, everything's temporary. I don't say that to say, like, oh, you know, your feelings are invalid because they're temporary. I just say, like, even when you're having conflict about like who changes the baby in the middle of the night, that conflict is a learning opportunity. It's a moment and you're going to learn from it. And you're going to move on. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Um, it's a really steep learning curve. And then, and then you're running down that hill. Um, okay. My darling, <laughs> thank you for letting me rant about parenthood for 45 minutes. I picked this letter for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Good luck. <laughs> We're thinking about you. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want more content from us, you can always support us on Patreon. If for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to an ad-free primary episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music recording and editing, producing by... All Magical Things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. And remember, y'all, your feelings are valid, right? The first step about getting through some emotions that are difficult is accepting them, is saying, like, I have a right to feel this way. I have a reason to feel this way. Even if I don't, like, identify it with it, even if I don't like it, even if it is coming from the broken, the most broken, most ashamed part of you. First, you have to invite that feeling in and say, oh, I'm feeling really isolated and sensitive right now. I don't like that about myself. Then you can nurture it. Then you can apply boundaries to that emotion. Then you can apply the adult coping skills that we've learned. But first... 
first you have to invite that feeling in. And if all else fails, just break up.